Hey, welcome to a very special episode of Dawson Dudes, where we review the novelization of Dawson's Creek, A Capeside Christmas. Before we get into the episode, we'd just like to wish everybody happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Festivus, for the rest of us. And you know what? I refuse to have a Kwanzaa joke on this show, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna this say anything like that. This book does it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, and we want to thank everybody for sticking with us, who stuck with us through the one-year hiatus. Yeah. And to all the new listeners from this year, we're glad you guys could join us. Chris and I are very thankful for everybody who have remained and who are new. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been a weird year for everybody and making this podcast has kept us kind of sane I think people say some shit like that where it's just like this has kept us sane I was thinking about it yesterday I was just like man if I didn't have this podcast like what the fuck man <laughs> like legit this show and doing it with Brian and for all you weirdos who want to listen to it has been a, one of the more meaningful parts of my year and so thanks thank you both the, the collective and Brian. So we want to thank everybody and we bring you a little gift, a Capeside Christmas. This book is awful. I'm sorry, CJ Anders. I felt like the first thing we would do besides th- besides thank everyone for listening is apologize to the author. Because my first question to you was uh, going to be, Brian, is this the worst book you've ever read as an adult? Yes. The last page it says about the author, C.J. Anders is a pseudonym for a well-known young adult fiction writing couple. It took two people to write this thing. <laughs> I will say that, like, I thought this was YA, but right. it's not. No. This is YY. This is like for young, young. Oh, yeah, no, this is this is for fucking children. <laughs> yeah, this is for children, like maybe between the ages of five to eleven. Yeah, and, and if you're reading this at thirteen, uh, guess what, pal? You're in the remedial class. Yeah, so like I, immediately when I started the book, I was like, oh, this is a book for children. <laughs> <laughs> Which it's like, I, like I figured it would be a book for kids, but then I was just like, man. It almost like thinking about it almost made me respect the this with this uh, young adult couple <laughs> writer writers because it was just like how do you do the voice of this show but for like kid kids? Well, I thought it would be for teenagers for young adults. Of you course, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? Why wouldn't it be? Yeah, I, I, the target audience of the TV show. Yeah, but maybe they think like those people don't read. <laughs> fucking idiots. <laughs> but I did think like, wow, what a difference! Like. Being 10 or 11 and being 13 is. Oh, totally. Like, if I was 13 and I picked this up, I would be, which is only two years from 11, right? Yeah. I would be like, well, fuck this book. <laughs> this book's for kids. Whatever. <laughs> right. But if I was like 11, I'd probably enjoy it. That and you'd be like, when you're- when Like, you're, if I was 10. Yeah. If you're like 10 and 11, like, even if if your parents are like, yeah, you can't fucking watch Dawson's Creek. Like, you know what it is. So you kind of like, even though it's not nearly like the content of the show, like you do. F- I bet like at 10 reading this makes you feel all kinds of adult because it's like, I, I'm not even allowed to watch that show. Did you ever read like young adult like books when you were a young adult, like when you were like 12? Uh, no. Like, you never I, read, like, R.L. Stein or, no, like... I, I had oh. to, I had this one moment, I was in, like, the fifth grade, so what, what would we have been, like, eight or nine? Mm. And it was, like, it was, like, right when 
uh, Goosebumps started coming out and I read a Goosebumps and I was like, this is dumb. I don't like this shit. What did you read? Like the stuff, like I would say Goosebumps is for kids. Sure. Oh, but then oh, you R- mean like, like RL some, side like had some, like yeah. young no. adult stuff no. that were for like teens. Yeah, I skipped all that. Uh, like yeah. it was, and it wasn't even just like a, I'm too smart for this shit. Like a lot of it, a lot of it was just like, it looks scary. I don't want to read it. <laughs> <laughs> Cause like you know like you know like especially like when we when we were like teenagers and shit like a lot of that like a lot of that like YA stuff was really like like horror bent like it yeah was, so you so, especially like I would read R.L. Stein and then this other Arthur like, like David something uh huh and they were all about murders yeah exactly <laughs> and, like, and like like kids getting killed and, and like teenagers yeah. getting killed or like VC Andrews and shit where it's just like are, are they having sex with each other. <laughs> Like his books would have like so much sex in it. Yeah, <laughs> like, it no, was totally. like so weird. And that was that was like the other thing is that like my my dad was really into like the fact that I like like to read as a young. It's like oh maybe he'll be smarter than me and do do better than I did. Nope. But we we we, we all gambled. But um, so like my dad would be the one to like take me to like bookstores and stuff like that. And and as a like pretty conservative religious guy he, like took one look at all these like young adult books and was just like yeah none of these you're not allowed to you're not allowed to read any of this shit yeah i've read the hunger games i have read the hunger games i've read the harry potter books sure boo you know i've read john green novels is that the fault in our stars guy yeah yeah i had a girlfriend who was like as an adult, I kind of have really a guilt, like, like a guilt. It's kind of a guilty pleasure. Oh, really? Oh, that's cute. <laughs> Never read one, but then I was part of a book club. Uh huh. You know their book every every other book, whatever. Yeah, whatever month it is, and somebody chose a John. I think we read two John Green books, Jeez. and so I was like, "Hey, these are fun to read." Sure, I read the Hunger Games, and like you know that shit was like right up my alley. But it's not a it like YA is not really something I I visit. All that often, yeah. I don't. Um, you I mean, besides you the love those it. I just mentioned, <laughs> you, <laughs> love you love it. <laughs> but anyways, this is not a YA book. I would t- not recommend anybody read it, dude. The thing that blew my mind is that I was just like, I was, I had finished the book, and I was just like, kind of like, has anyone written about this book ever anywhere? And I just happened to see like his listing on Amazon and just next to the name was like volume 12. And I was like, they've made 11 other of these books. Oh, they Holy got sh- the beginning of everything else. Long, hot summer shifting into overdrive, major meltdown, double. I mean, they, yeah, they got a ton. That's crazy. They're not all written by CJ Anders. There are other authors. Other pseudonyms, people that wouldn't be caught dead with their name on this shit. Yeah, and it kind of looks like these were for the UK market. Oh, really? Yeah, so... Um, huh. It's called, like... Uh, Youth fiction. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they call it. It's for, it's, for, it's for little kids, you know. Because, like, if you look at the back of the book, this is how old, like, back in the 90s, you could, like order books via uh, mail yeah and all the pricing is in in pounds oh weird and it says channel four shop i imagine is the uk tv station channel four channel four yeah because ch- channel four means many different things depending on where you are in america oh son of a bitch yeah so i think these books were commissioned for the uk market get them into dawson's creek although like 
Is that something we've noticed that there are like British folks who like the show? Yes. Um, well, recently, I think last year, I don't know what station in the UK, but they brought back, it might be Channel 4, they brought back right. Dawson's Creek. Oh. Uh, yeah, it's on Channel 4. And uh, let me see. Yeah, so yeah, so the next largest group of listeners is from the UK. The UK, great. Which makes sense, they're, you know... English speaking, <laughs> podcast yeah. people. No, it's funny. I was I was thinking about the just like Dawson's Creek being uh, on in the UK now. Like, mm. you know, a couple of generations just like raised on skins. Like, are they like watching like Dawson's Creek? Like, I don't get what the big deal was. Maybe they like uh, nice wholesome things. No, but I mean, it's just like it. Like Dawson's Creek had a had a, a bit of a reputation in this country as like you know being ahead of its time and all button pushy and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's just like I ain't even doing no drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, I'm sorry. Skins was uh, a lot later. Sure. Yeah. So like you know this is nineties to early two thousand. Skins was late two thousands. Got it. Got it. Cassie forever. I don't know what the- skinheads know what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's what they call skins fans. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just made that up. And that's even more hilarious. <laughs> skinheads skinheads know what's up. <laughs> the big Cassie fans out there, you skinheads. Well, for a second, I was just like, I was just like, is there like a big like uh, like racist contingent that were really into skins? Well, there's a Muslim kid on the show, so maybe not. So maybe not. Yeah, let me read the back cover synopsis. Two days into rehearsal, the director of Capeside Christmas Winter Follies drops out. So Dawson volunteers to direct the town show, but he's finding out the hard way it's easier to direct a small cast film than a giant Christmas pageant filled with friends, family, and neighbors. Now everybody's feuding with everybody else. Dawson, Joey, Pacey, Jen, Jack, and Andy are all stressed out. Then a tremendous ice storm hits and frozen hearts begin to melt. That's not what this book's about. Nope. And Dawson does not volunteer to. <laughs> no, he does not. <laughs> the person who uh, wrote the back of this book uh, did not read this book. They got an email and was like, I get it. I get it. I get what's going on here. No, it's funny as you were reading that, because like I didn't read the back of this fucking thing. I was like, yeah, I've read the insides. That's enough of that. Like as you were, as you were like nogging off stuff, I was like, that's, that's, that's not what I read. I don't think. Yeah, the details are wrong, but I guess it's vaguely. It's a it's a ra- it's around it. There's follies. Yeah, so let's get into it. I don't believe this is canon because like a lot of details are wrong. But no. the events of this book take place post kiss, but also post-kiss, like yeah. post Henry. Post so it's it's further into the future than we are in the show on the podcast. Yeah, but since it's not canon, I did, like I assume like, I just like. There's no way this can be canon, so I didn't. I didn't feel like uh, anything felt like there was nothing that felt spoilery. Doesn't really spoil anything, but it gives it's, it's clearly not canon. It'll spoil a couple hours of your day. Yeah, so we start out in Cape Side. Joey and Pacey, who are just friends, go to the auditions for. I guess every year Cape Side puts on a Christmas pageant, the Cape Side Follies. Uh. After a Thanksgiving dinner, our four main characters have decided that they would all audition and do a routine for the Follies. 
what is a folly? Is that just like a um That's it's like an old school it's like old school like variety um, show. Variety show, yeah. Yeah. So you could absolutely. do anything. It's just like entertainment. Yeah, if I, yeah, get get on stage and do do the thing do the thing for that people will like. Yeah, yeah. so Vaud, vaudeville-esque. They all have decided that they would do this. I don't know why. <laughs> like Yeah. I have no, I have no idea. Like, uh, the, I have no idea people's motivations for doing any of this. It's outside any of our main characters' like desire. They just keep like insisting, like it's the follies, man. You gotta do it. Or it's just like, what is that? They really like beat it into you that the follies are very, very special thing for Cape Side. Yeah, and it happens every year, and it's tradition. And like this fucking old lady runs it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny because like the first five or six pages, essentially every main character has gathered in one spot, like yeah. including Gail, where she's just like, "Oh, I'm here too. Great." It's like it's like this weird, it's like this weird roll call where it's just like we just need to get everybody standing in the same spot before we start telling a story. The book is written like. They like watch more episodes, so they just add random facts <laughs> from the TV show in. <laughs> totally. <laughs> it's totally. just like, why is this there? One of the things is they love to mention, even though this is like now three to four years into the relationship of all our characters, they treat the characters like it's the first time we met them. Right. And so yeah, they yeah, yeah. always mention how like Jen is from the big city and how the other characters treat her like she's some big city slicker still. Yeah, and they ha- they keep having like Joey be mean to her for no reason. Well, they they do have a reason. It's because she's jealous of her her big city slicker life. Right. These are all like issues that we've passed already. <laughs> like it feels like all such remedial Dawson's Creek stuff. Almost like the authors want us to know that they've seen Dawson's Creek, but clearly. Not all of it. <laughs> we know we're familiar with. We watched show. the first episode, right? It's obvious that they want it to seem further into the show, but like characterization, it's like they've watched like the first six episodes, maybe. And then someone told them that Andy and Jack were something. Yeah. So in this first scene, there's a moment where Joey asks Jen how she got Dawson to join this like mm-hmm. act, and Jen makes a joke that it must have been my femme fatale charm. And uh-huh. the book says Joey laughed. Joey would never. <laughs> Joey would never jo- laugh. No, and a joke no. Jen made. No, especially that joke because it's barely the construction of a joke. But yeah, her getting like Joey to giggle is like, nah, that's 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 not happening. Yeah, and so we get our first book only character, mm-hmm. Sandy Rudman. You mean Sunday, whatever the fuck? <laughs> Sandy Rudman is a girl who went to Cape Side. She's two years older than our protagonist. Yep. She goes to NYU School of Tish. I was I was just like, did, did like NYU like throw a couple bucks in there? Make sure you name make sure you name which of the schools it is. Yeah, and so she has come back to help put on the Christmas follies, but she has come back renamed Sunday Ramon. Which is f- like, huh? Like, I like she's supposed like, to be like an artsy fartsy kid now. But like, they name her Sunday Ramon. So, like, the first thing I was just like, oh, Ramon, was she supposed to be like a fucking punk rocker or something like that? It was like, no, she's just like some artsy theater chick now. 
but all the kids know her as like this untalented chick who just like went to yeah. went to NYU. Yeah, like like that's the thing. Like she did a production of Oklahoma at Cape Side and she was terrible. The lady who is the director of the Follies is Muffy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Muffy, Muffy, Buffed, Buffed, what what's her fucking last name? <laughs> Who knows? But yeah, it's they gave her a vaginal name. That's I mean, it's old sounding, but still it's like, come on, man. What are you doing? Muffy Smithum. Smithum, yeah. Yeah, Muffy Smithum. Muffy, as Gail says, she has been directing the Follies since the Vietnam War. And she was old then. So she's like yeah. an this ancient lady. Yeah, she must be a hundred years old now. Yeah. One of Muffy's like trait is every year when she comes back to direct the Follies, she gets a new plastic surgery. Yeah. Done, and then the people of the town have a bet on what she got done. There's like, there's like a line on it. Yeah, it's gross. It's weird. It's really <laughs> weird. Like they bet on like what surgery she had, like money. Yeah. It was gross. I didn't like anything about this. It's like, cool. Why is this part of the book? Yeah, it's like this weird diversion, but you're just like, what is, why, why are you doing any of this? Yeah. This, this dumb old lady keeps wanting to look young, even though we know she's old as shit. Yeah, so then we get the in an, another new character, Bill Kirsten. Bill is a student at Cape Side, and Billy. he's apparently the one who's running this gambling ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, like, he's got the, his bookies handbook in his back pocket, yeah. taking bets. Bill is a high school hockey player. He's a jock. Pacey bets that she got her neck done, and Joey bets that... She got eyes, her eyes done. Yeah. See, see. But Joey bets a dollar. (laughs) A silver dollar that she had in her pocket, which I bet when they wrote that down, they're like, oh, that's a nice little detail. And it's like, yeah, it's that's nothing. That's nothing to me. Yeah. So Bill Kurtzen um, is a high school jock hockey player who uh, will be pretty prominent in this book. More prominent than some of our main characters. <laughs> For whatever reason, this, the the uh, the team of CJ Anders took a liking to this kid and wanted and wanted to like build him out a little bit. Here's another thing: Jen's been here three, four years, and Joey, Pacey, and Dawson are explaining all of this to her, like Muffy and the Follies, and it's just like yeah. it's just like Jen like has been hiding under a rock. Like, if the Follies are so important, you would think she would know all this. Yeah, like, she somehow skipped, like, the last two, like, holiday seasons of living there. It's like, that would have been an amazing way to do the book where they kept telling her stuff and she'd just be like, yeah, I fucking know that, man. No, yeah, no, I know that, too. (laughs) Joey decides that, like, listen, I know I said I would do this, but I can't. I gotta, like, try to pick up some shifts at Leary's Fresh Fish. Yeah. Which they just call, like, the Leary's Restaurant. Which is smart, because it's not as pain in the ass a name. Yeah, but Pacey won't let her. He said, we made this pact, we're all going to do it. I don't care how much money your family needs. <laughs> Pacey and Joey are going to do a Abbott and Costello type comedy routine. Mm-hmm. Jen Dawson and Dawson's parents are going to sing a song. Like, it's just so, like, they would never, like, this would never right. be a thing. No, that's the whole thing. The entire basis of this book is a bunch of shit that would never, ever happen. 
I would love though if they did make an episode like this. Oh, that's a, that's the thing. Is it like as dumb as this is? Like you know, it'd be nice if they loosen up, and maybe do a little family performance every now and again. <laughs> like if they just made like this like cracked out episode, <laughs> or it's just like, hey man, we we gave the reins to a couple of YA authors, and this is what they came up with, man. I do think one of the things that's really good about the book is. Gail and Mitch are very minimum. <laughs> like, Hell yeah. Yeah, Gail, show, Gail shows up in the beginning. They mention Mitch a couple times. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Joey runs into Gail and just like, just Gail's just like, she's like, I just wanted to come see the Folly auditions. It brings me into the Christmas spirit. She shows up for like legit five minutes. Yeah, well, that's enough for me. Bye. Just to tell <laughs> just Joey enough, that just- like, yeah, she could pick up some shifts. But just a couple like she like like Joey wants like fat Christmas money. She's like, I mean, I got a couple shifts for you, whatever. Oh, but I started reading this. I was like, oh, maybe the B&B isn't a thing in this universe. But yeah, it, it is. is. It is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen, Bodie gets 20 percent of the Leary's Fish Place. They're not paying you over there. Come on, man. Pick up a couple bucks. Bill Kurtzen, our athlete jock, um, has a bit of a crush on Andy, and this becomes a storyline in the book. Yeah, I get it. He kind of like acts like a little weird around her, and Jen's <laughs> like, "Hey, he's totally into you." But Andy's like, "Whatever, I don't care." I the one <laughs> character fuck. that like feels the most like themselves is Andy. Is Andy? Yeah, absolutely, totally. That's really funny. Were you jealous of Bill Kurtzen at all, Christopher? Fuck yeah, get away from my girl, <laughs> dog. <laughs> Annie is the one character that feels the most real to her character. Yeah. Jack's not really in the story very much. I don't want to write about that gay shit. <laughs> <laughs> there is this one point where like Jack and Annie go to the hockey game to watch Bill Kurtzen. Yeah. It mentions that like, even though Andy is okay with her brother's homosexuality, it's still a little weird to talk about boys with him. I was like, that's a weird thing to drop in there. So, yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. Basically, what CJ Anders are saying is, listen, I don't want to have to write about this stuff. Yeah, so Bill has a little crush on Andy, and we will um, get more about that later on. Everybody auditions for the Follies, but it seems like everybody gets in. It doesn't seem like anybody yeah. gets cut. Or, like, yeah, the, by the second day of rehearsal... Everybody shows up and Muffy has disappeared. She has gone <gasps> to another production. Was it like two towns over or something? No, it's in Jersey. Jersey. Uh, several towns over. Yeah, because that becomes a plot point later on. She gets wooed away from the Christmas Follies to do a production in New Jersey. Well, we also know that she was only getting paid $400 for this whole thing. Sure. Oh, hey, man. And and she, yeah, she was getting paid the exact same thing she was getting paid during the Vietnam War for this thing. It's like I never renegotiated my contract. She picked up a more lucrative offer from a town called Teaneck, New Jersey, yep. to direct its Christmas Hanukkah Kwanzaa extravaganza. There you go. There's the Yeah, I get it. I think it's I think it's a stupid white people thing to do. Uh, you know, I think everybody was making Kwanzaa jokes back then, though. No, yeah, yeah. No, I'll give, I'll give, I'll give it to them. Them like in the era, it's like this is this was the time, during, like, yeah. 1999. Yeah, but you you come you come at me with like a Kwanzaa joke in 2020 <laughs> it is like it, it, you own a shirt that says like is it wine o'clock yet? Like that's that's like the, that's where that's where you're at. Everybody in the Follies is upset and is like, well, who's gonna direct this thing? And 
you know, some names get thrown around. Of course, Sunday Ramon throws her name in because she's like Tish educated or yeah. going to be Tish educated one day. I'm in the process of being Tish educated. There's this guy, Peter McCutters. Yep. Peter, back in his day, he was a drama major at the University of Massachusetts. Only one sure. year. He dropped out to run the family business back at Cape Side, which is right. heating oil. Is this a th- yeah, yeah yeah like yeah? What century is this? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question. That that's definitely like a very but yeah, that's very like early twentieth century where like that's still like a, a thing that like a mom and pop place does. East Coast people, let me know if your heat is run on heating oil or do you have natural gas? And if it's run on heating oil, is that still uh, provided or produced by like a guy? Yeah, who like comes to your house and like drops yeah. it off. <laughs> like here you go. Like coal in the eighteen hundreds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pacey and Dawson bring Krispy Kreme donuts. Like I did think like, well, that's weird that they named Krispy Kreme. Krispy Kreme. Yeah, totally. All it made me think was like, oh yeah, hell yeah. They would never. They would bring Dunkin' Donuts. Dunkin' Donuts. What side of the country do you think you're in, man? You're bringing the double D or you're bringing nothing. Yeah, yeah. They're bringing Dunkin' Donuts. Be real. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they're British. Maybe that they don't know. We don't know. It's, it was the first title of a lot uh, uh. No, no. <laughs> But I think, that. like, in the 2000s, like, Christopher Kreme had expanded outside the South for the first time. And I right, think people yeah. were, like, Krispy Kreme crazy. Yeah, totally. But it's just like if Cape Side's where Cape Side's supposed to be. This is DD town. Yeah. It's like a sundown town, but for Dunkin' Donuts. Sandy or Sunday mm-hmm. says that, she, you know, she should be the director because she's learning for at school of Tish and she has the most experience, clearly. And she right. is also the second in command as like yeah. the like tech manager. Yeah, she was like Andy in the uh, fucking play, play pace. So it just clearly she should be it. But then Peter's like, well, I was in an episode of the Karate Kid sequels. <laughs> so, and it's like, which one? Two or three? Which is so uh, fucking weird. Like, what a weird, weird random fact. And then we get another random fact is uh-huh. Bill Kurtzen says, well, if we're talking about experience, Joey had an actual role in the slasher movie they filmed here. I mean, she had scenes with the stars and everything. I'd say that makes her the one with the most experience. So in this universe, they made a slasher movie filmed at Cape Side. They cast Joey Potter in it. Yeah, so like, they're all fighting. You know, the mayor's like, everybody needs to calm down. And Pacey stands up and is like, listen, it's clear there's only one person who can do this. That's <laughs> Dawson Leary. And Dawson's like, what the fuck? <laughs> God damn it. People need to stop volunteering me for shit. Yeah. And he's just like, listen, like there's nobody else who could do it. Only Dawson can do it. Yeah. And for whatever reason, everybody's like, fine, let the Leary boy do it. Good. Yeah. Great. Even in the world of the book, Pacey has a real gift of gab. He can really just just rally people around. Yeah. Rally people around an idea. Yeah. But okay. We missed this part. Before this part, at the first rehearsal, Sunday hits on Dawson. Yep. Propositions that he film her naked doing her performance art and spend the weekend in New York with her. Sold. And Dawson's like, nay, nay. I said, nay, nay. I I say, nay, nay. (laughs) Which I'm like, I don't know. It's like, you don't get to, you know, you're 60 year old boy. Yeah, I get a lot of. uh, Get in there. (laughs) 
see a lot of girls naked. Totally. And then like just like hang out. But they totally and, like, body it, shame her. Though it's like one of the things the book says is like oh, she's right. like fucking like she's like anorexic skinny. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's not cool. Not, not cool, CJ Anders. I, I hope this couple doesn't have children. It's probably not a couple. Probably a throuple. <laughs> it's probably uh, <laughs> J.K. Rowling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that happened. Yep. So, uh, because the only person everybody get behind is Dawson. Yeah. Dawson reluctantly accepts. Yeah. So he does not volunteer for the position, like the back of the book tells you. <laughs> so, so you know what? That just goes to show you. Sometimes you just got to read a terrible book despite what the back says. One of the acts that they do in the Christmas Folly Mm -hmm. is the Romeo and Juliet death scene. (laughs) That's right. A a couple in town acts out the Romeo and Juliet death scene. Why? Why is that Christmas? Which... it's number one, it's not Christmassy. Number two, it's already complicated because they're in two different places for most of it. What the fuck, man? Um, <laughs> so that's one of the acts. There are 41 acts in the folly. It's crazy. Like, why did you even have an audition if you were just going to be like, yep, Romeo and Juliet, yeah, that's in. There's one rap. Oh, Andy's act is ventriloquism. So. It's hilarious. Andy I, like, has, I thought that was legit funny. <laughs> I think CJ Edders, they must have a soft spot for Andy because Andy is on point. Right. And she, like, arguably has the biggest plot in the book. Which means I should have liked this book more. Yeah, so her act is ventriloquism. She has a dummy named yep. Witty who <laughs> looks like Pacey. Yeah. <laughs> Listen. Ventriloquism is already like unsettling as it is, but then it's just little, little details where it's like, oh, she got a little puppet like Pacey. That's awful. And apparently she's really good. <laughs> that makes sense. She seems like the type where it's like, listen, no matter what I do, even if it's something fucking stupid like ventriloquism, I'm going to I'm going to really uh, I'm going to knock it out of the park. Yeah. So Dawson and the gang are all like wondering, well, how are we going to do this 41 act? Uh, We've got to cut some people. Yeah. You do. Yeah. And so they're like, well, if you cut anybody, this is like a small town. Everybody's going to be super mad at you for the rest of your life. (laughs) (laughs) They don't don't, uh, don't forget any of that stuff. Well, yeah. I mean, if like you got cut and then the Romeo and Juliet death scene is still in, you'd be pissed. Oh, totally. I'd be furious. Like, this isn't even Christmas, man. (laughs) Yeah. So, but Joey comes up with the best idea. Mm-hmm. To have an intermission <laughs> and keep all forty-one act. That Boom. is the big savior of this of this folly. They have been doing this for most of the modern era of Cape Side, and it's the first time someone was like, "How about a break in the middle?" Yeah, I mean, they even say that Donald's like, "Well, they've never had a break in the middle. We've never done intermission." And they're like, well, this is, well, this is a new folly for the 21st century, Dawson. Where people have to pee sometimes. And at the end of every chapter in this book, Mm -hmm. Dawson and Joey have a moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. End of every single fucking chapter, they have a moment. Oh, except except for the one where Dawson has a moment with Sunday after she she sings that song. Like, that's the one time she doesn't Let's go back. Like, this is in a world where Pacey and Joey kind of happened but it's over yeah and they reference that that pacey and joey had a thing mm-hmm. all that stuff happened this is just like past that 
yeah. in some weird universe. <laughs> Fucking purgatory of Dawson's Creek. It's really, really weird. Yeah, because it, like, it's like, if we had just picked up this book, like, sight unseen with, like, sort of, like, a vague notion of Dawson's Creek, it would have just been so much easier to read because, like, since we are just, like, all caught up on the ins and outs of it, it's just, like, it's really hard to, like, reconcile it with the universe we know to be true. So it's, like, you don't even know how to react to certain things at certain times because you have to, like, remember that, like, oh, in this version, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's like, it's it keeps you off kilter. Yeah, the next day... The mayor comes in to talk to Dawson and tells Dawson, Dawson, I have great news for you. And Dawson's oh like, well, did Muffy come back? <laughs> like, <laughs> Do I not have to do this anymore? Yeah, and he's like, even better news. He tells Dawson that I got a call at my office this afternoon from the theater production offices of Arthur and Leonard in New York City. I know Arthur from way back in college. The mayor went to Dartmouth. <laughs> with of course Arthur. he did. <laughs> That's what happens. You go to Dartmouth and you come back and you become a small town mayor. <laughs> yeah, just become the mayor of fucking Cape Side. No, I didn't learn. I learned dick here. <laughs> Arthur and Leonard are big time Broadway producers. Like big yeah. time. They've won Tonys. Okay. Yeah. And they have decided to come to Cape Side to watch the Follies because they may want to bring it to Broadway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's so good. It's so good. This book is like part waiting for Guffman, part Dawson's Creek. <laughs> totally. Except Guffman shows up. <laughs> number one, except Guffman shows up. And number two, the writers of Waiting for Guffman knew what they were writing. <laughs> <laughs> like they were writing Waiting for Guffman on purpose. So now like there's all this added pressure onto Dawson because these two big time Broadway producers want to bring yeah. the show to Broadway. You know, that happens all the time. Oh, all the time. It's just like, you know where we're bereft of ideas for Broadway? New York. Let's go somewhere else. Yeah, let's just put on Christmas Follies. And Dawson even says, why would they do that? Don't ask, don't tell, everybody. All right, bye, bye, bye. And the mayor says, well, you know, people who from small towns, they want to go to New York, but they want to get a bit of home. And then Dawson says, well, then why would they go to New York? No, yeah, he's, he's the only guy. He's the only guy talking sense. It's like, and they want a little bit of home. No, they don't. And then the mayor says, "But then they wouldn't be in New York." And that's like, I guess. Listen, I don't want to play fight Jedi mind games with you all day. Fine. Even the authors of the book know this is ridiculous. <laughs> like, this is a why real stretch. Would this ever happen? But this is what happens. This entire twist stinks. Of we forgot to write this book, and the deadline is in three days. <laughs> Oh, Gail tells Dawson that, like, he should hire this old lady Nan to be the choreographer because Muffy was the director choreographer. But since Muffy left and Dawson has no dancing talent, he's got to hire somebody. And Nan is this old lady who used to be a rockette. Yep. She has the gams to prove it. Yeah, she has, she still has the gams to prove it. All the side characters of this town are like, you've never seen Gilmore Girls, right, Chris? No, I haven't. So Gilmore Girls takes place in this mythical small town called Stars Hollow. And everybody in Stars Hollow is a character. They, and they have like this thing where they're just like, she used to be a rockette, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, no, okay, yeah. Got it. Like they, they're all, they all have like wonderful backstories and they're all quirky people. The book is kind of going for that a little bit. <laughs> 
maybe they thought they were writing a Gilmore Girls for most of it, and then they just had to like switch out characters. Yeah, so they like um, get Nan to choreograph. Yeah, which is like, yeah, she's like this old lady. Yeah, when you lose a double threat like Muffy, you get talent where you get it. Oh yeah, we also find out that like Andy learned ventriloquism mm-hmm. at a YMCA. <laughs> That's right. The Mayfees would never go to a YMCA. <laughs> That's the one thing about Andy in this book that doesn't read real. Listen, man, the McFees might be too blue blood to know the song YMCA, let alone that it's an actual place. Yeah, that's, uh, and like, what fucking weirdo at a YMCA is treating is a child molester. A child yeah, molester. Like, some guy who's going to finger you is like, you know, I'll teach you how to talk out of this puppet. <laughs> you can tell him where, to, where, where I touched you. Bill comes over and talks to Andy. You know, Andy's with her puppet and Pacey, and they're having usual <laughs> Pacey-Andy banter. Bill comes over and is like, hey, that dummy really looks like you, Pacey. Pacey's like, yeah, thanks, buddy. And Appreciate it. Bill asks Andy out on a date. Yeah. Pacey's kind of like, hey. Like, I'm standing here. And, and he's like, no, I can speak for myself. And yep. Andy accepts the date with Bill. Yeah, Bill and Andy going on a date. Going on a date, yeah. Well, see, like, the one thing we've learned about Andy in canon and outside of canon is she's got uh, she's got a taste for the poor kids. Bill and Andy decide to go to date. Um, the next chapter we get into, Andy goes to watch Bill play hockey. I guess Bill's the hockey star. He's really good. Yeah, yeah, we, we find out that he's he's the guy. Yeah, and we also find out that Andy knows nothing about hockey. <laughs> it's just, like just all nice yeah which which again that tracks like Andy wouldn't know not, Andy wouldn't know shit about hockey that night the whole gang goes on a date <laughs> in what is must be the largest carriage ever so this carriage <laughs> yeah, totally. has Andy and Bill mm-hmm. yep. Dawson and Joey yeah and Jen and Pacey yeah, all in this carriage. It's huge. <laughs> like it's, it's a sleigh. It's snug. It's snug is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> so nuts. They go so and goofy. to watch Christmas lights. Mm-hmm. Which a lot of people are doing now in their cars because we can't go outside. Yeah. No, it's 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 funny the the sorts of like the couple of like holiday traditions that that um, really retrofit into a pandemic well, which is just like, ah, oh, you go drive, watch people's fucking lights. Yeah. So, you know, Pacey's like, this sucks. It's just like, yeah, it does. <laughs> There's too many people in this fucking sleigh. <laughs> yeah. But Andy and, and Bill are having a great time. They're really enjoying each other's company. Yeah. They hit it off. Still don't like it. <laughs> Joey and Dawson are in the front. They're having their own like moment. They're in their own world. And they're like yeah. looking at the constellations and, and talking about stuff. It's so weird to just come out of the mindset of stolen kisses. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. To be in a world where Dawson and Joey have this thing. It's so weird. It's a mind fuck. Yeah, that was like what I was talking about a little earlier. Like that, that this is like the biggest version of that where you're just like, wait a second. Like, I don't even know how to feel. I like, I, I have to like rejigger, completely rejigger myself to figure out how to feel about this in this book. Cause it's not happening. Yeah. Um, but Dawson and Joey have this conversation about how the Potters and the Learys on Christmas Eve would always have a barbecue. <laughs> no matter how cold it was, they would barbecue uh-huh. hot dogs and hamburgers and like, just have a barbecue on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Uh. It was first time, first time we heard that. And they like haven't ever since, you know, 
Shit went down with Why? the Potters. <laughs> How come they can't do that? Which is like, come on, Learys. It seems like it should be more important to do that shit every every Christmas with their dad. If they're yeah, you know, hey, my my mom's dead and my dad went to prison. Yeah, well, we're not going to barbecue with you anymore. In the next chapter, we find out the Potter B and B is still a thing because yeah. the two big time Broadway producers are coming to stay at the B and B. Gotta stay. And at the now B&B. Joey can't work those hours at Larry's Fresh Fish because she's gotta help out at the B and B. Yeah. And now Gail's gotta be like, what the fuck? I, I went out of my way to get you these shifts. <laughs> Joey just wanted to have vacation time, but unfortunately she's gonna have to like work. Yeah, I got Wood Woodward and Bernstein. <laughs> not, not Woodward and Bernstein. Uh, I got fucking uh why can't I? Why can't I pull like the name of anyone from Broadway? <laughs> Never mind. Um, Lin Manuel Miranda. Lin Manuel Miranda and uh, Stephen Sondheim. <laughs> 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 we got the two biggest Broadway motherfuckers on the planet. Yeah, Lord Andrew Lloyd Webber, <laughs> Dame Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber. <laughs> During a rehearsal, Nan and Sunday are going at it. Yeah. <laughs> They're just yelling at each other. They're not getting along. Sunday's throwing her, like, I go to Tish, and Nan is like, I'm a card carrying member of all these acting institutions. Right. And Sunday's like, Yeah, like 35 years ago, you old bag. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to drown you, you anorexic bitch. <laughs> Which then Dawson fires Sunday. Which is, n- Which is like crazy. You know, you hire your, yeah. your stage manager, like, 10 days before production but just because she fought with this old lady yeah (laughs) but it seems like she's getting on everybody's nerves sure she's a tough personality to be around she gets fired but then nan falls into the orchestra pit (laughs) you dumb old lady and breaks her leg which doesn't mean you can't do the choreography anymore no, you're not. You're not a. Dancer. I mean, she can't show people it, I guess. But like, she had, she had already shown. But like, yeah. But so, um, now Dawson has two big problems on his end. He's got to find a, a stage manager, and he's gonna find a new choreographer. And also for Nan, like she, she's at the age where like, yeah, broken leg. That's a death sentence. <laughs> you're, you're done, old lady. Fun to giggle about. <laughs> <laughs> the second she fell in, I took it with a little more gravity than the book does because that's all I could think of. Like, she's a fucking old. She's gonna. She'd be dead in a week. So it's like the middle of the night. Dawson can't sleep. Dawson loves the first snow of the year. Uh huh. That's yeah. That's that's so very. That's like, very Dawson. There's this big blizzard coming in. Dawson can't sleep. He goes outside. He pulls Mitch's old sled out, which he has dubbed Rosebud. <laughs> couldn't th- couldn't think of another Rosebud like like name. <laughs> yeah. And he goes out and he plays in the snow and he throws a s- snowball into the creek. And then mm. he hears somebody laugh, and it's Joey. So in this world, Joey lives directly across the creek. Like, their houses can, like, look at each other. Yeah. And Joey's out sunbathing in the middle of the night because she also loves the first snow of the right. year. And she's, she, and she's watching Dawson run around like a dumb <laughs> shit by himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then laughing so loud that he can hear her. <laughs> Yeah. You look like a stupid asshole out there, man. <laughs> so funny. You know, they have a moment. So the next day, Dawson 
asked Jen if she is willing to be stage manager. And she's like, no, I actually kind of want to be in it. Which is like, now everybody wants to be in it because right. the two big Broadway producers are coming to town. That's like the plot. Like Now everybody's super excited to be in the fall. Yeah, yeah. I think Jen still wouldn't. Um, but she says, she Ow. says, sure, I will help you out, Dawson, because I'm the nicest person in the world. Right. The the, the thing that the, the Jen thing that holds true from from show to book. But she did ask, like, All why right. did you ask anybody else? And he's like, well, Jack is already doing the set. Andy is now choreographer because she's the only one who knew all the steps. And, and, puppet, and puppet master. Joey, he just doesn't know why he didn't ask Joey. <laughs> <laughs> fuck joey she's laughing at me while i'm out in the fucking blizzard how dare you <laughs> yeah so jen says yes oh but before uh, before this we find out that grams can't like they go ice skating everybody goes yeah. ice skating and then graham shows up in like apparently the most ancient pair of skates ever to tell jen that Uh-oh. her mother called and her mother yeah. wants to see her for christmas give a fuck yeah Jen's pretty much like then. like I don't give a fuck and tells her mom that like no she won't come yeah yeah you want to see Jen for Christmas uh you get your ass a ticket down to yeah. the I come see Jen for Christmas yeah, so Jen tells Dawson that like yeah you know my mama had asked me to come visit her and Dawson's yeah. like oh shit really and she's oh, like don't fuck. worry I'm gonna stay and help you out and, and be your stage manager yeah, I'll tell my mom do I'll tell my mom deuces. The snowstorm happens and everybody loves it. Everybody loves snow. No, they love the first snow and then like from the like the third week where you're shoveling fucking snow out of your driveway and stuff, then it's just like I hate the winter. Yeah, Ugh. and then we get a scene where Bill teaches Andy to play hockey. <laughs> just checks the shit out of her. Just like fuck. And he's like, keep your head up, Andy. And she's like, How can I look at the puck and keep my head up? And they have, they have like this nice little date, and you know they're really falling for each other. Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it one bit. At the end of this date, though, Bill drops a bomb on Andy and tells her that people who play at his level, their junior and senior year, they tend to go to other schools to play yeah. that would give them more um, like, expo- exposure yeah, like exposure and like play and at a higher shit. caliber. Yeah. And so he tells her that he is actually going to go to like Minnesota to play. And she gets really upset at him. And it's like, well, why'd uh-huh. you make me fall for you? And now you're going to tell me you're going to go to Minnesota. And he's like, it's just one date. <laughs> what the fuck, man? Yeah. It's fu- and it's funny that they pick Minnesota just because like there are plenty of like prestigious East Coast schools you can play hockey at. But the writer was just like, what state does the Mighty Ducks take place <laughs> in? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Minnesota. Yeah, perfect. Great. Yeah, so <laughs> this is in Minnesota. She's very now. upset. So fucking convince me to, to go out with your jockass. And so then Dawson has a dinner with the mayor and <laughs> the two Broadway producers and their very young wives. Yeah. Wives. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, they're having dinner and they're like, they're, you know, just talking. The producers ha- will have had sent the wives to watch the rehearsals which is like not something that happens you can't just no you can just like hey go watch them rehearse yeah <laughs> go spy the two wives told Dawson that they want to be in the follies and Dawson's <laughs> like, like you know <laughs> which is a it's just a totally valid question what the fuck for <laughs> yeah it's just crazy it's nonsense talk at this point yeah and Dawson is like us and he's just like this is all fucking crazy why would you want this is 
Why? Yeah. Why does anyone want to do anything that they're doing around me right now? Yeah. So there's all this pressure now. Um, he's got to fit these ladies in somehow. It's already 41 acts yeah. and like over two hours you're, long. You're going to be Romeo and Juliet. Get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> and the next day they have rehearsal. He hears somebody mm. singing and he's like, wow, that person's actually really good. That can't be anybody <laughs> in our show. <laughs> and what are they passing through? He walks in to see that it's Sunday and she's yeah. singing a Christmas song. Yeah. Like Silent uh, Night or something. Yeah. Oh, fuck, what is it? And that doesn't matter. Like Carol the Bells. <laughs> it's a Carol the Bells alone. It's not a solo song. It's an ensemble. But what if you did? <laughs> and it was like, sounds like someone's being insane right now. Dawson's like, wow, you're like really good. And he, she's like, yeah, I know I sucked during Oklahoma, but you know, I get a lot of tutoring at NYU. <laughs> they really teach you how to be good at shit there. And she kind of like tries to apologize to Dawson and says, hey, I'm sorry. Now she literally says I was off my medication. I've just been prescribed <laughs> so Prozac funny. again. This part was like so fucking funny. <laughs> so funny. She was like, I'm, I'm back yeah, on Prozac. On so like, I'm like, you know, better now. I just want to say sorry. And I just want to like help out in any way possible. Well, you should help out. Keep, keep on your pills, girl. And Dawson figures out that like. Oh, she's just telling me this because she wants to be back in the show so right. she can audition in front of the two Broadway. Sure. Which is why everybody who keeps wanting to be on the show. Yeah, in front of the two Broadway there. producers. So he's like, yeah. well, you can't help. You can, you know, do stage managing again <laughs> because out in the middle of the night, I guess like Jen has decided to go to New York and see her mom. But she yeah. told Dawson that It'll only be one night and she'll be back. So Dawson's like, with this big snowstorm, I don't know if she's going to be back. Yeah. Any contingency plan. Yeah. And she's like, okay, but I'm going to like singing it (laughs) also. And Dawson's like, I'm going to manage the stage to where I am on it sometimes. And Dawson's like, well, it's already, you know, too long, but you can help out with a bake sale, which is an intermission. (laughs) They're going to have a bake sale. Right. And she's like, no. That's not what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to do that. I want to do any of that shit. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't know. I don't know why this is so hard right now. I just want you literally just the only reason we're talking right now is that you just heard me sing and you thought it was awesome. Let me be in the goddamn show. Yeah. So she's kind of like mm, not happy. I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> what do you get for singing for Dawson Leary? Fuck. It's the night before the show. He gets a knock on his window and it's Jen. And Jen God damn it. Jen has come back and she's told Dawson that like listen it was hell trying to try to get back here in this blizzard she had to take a bus to Boston right her bus broke down and all this stuff happened and then you know her mom got her a taxi from Boston back to Cape Side jeez yeah so it was horrendous getting back here but she's back to be his stage manager and she's sorry well I'm sorry Jen (laughs) Dawson's like okay I didn't have a station manager, so good. Good. Great. (laughs) Yeah. The next day, it's the Follies. Dawson's talking to his parents. Everybody has shown up despite the blizzard. That's how important the Follies are, bro. The two Broadway producers are in their seats. Everything is happening. And then these two women come in, and they have a fight over whose seat it is. And they're they're like getting (laughs) into it, and they're like going to punch each other, and they're tearing at each other. And Mitch is like, Dawson, should we like do something? And Dawson's like, no, just watch. 
And for whatever reason, Mitch is like, okay, cool. Cool. Well, I take my cues from Dawson, and he said cool. (laughs) These two women tear each other's wigs off, and it's the two Broadway producers' wives. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, this isn't your grandpa's follies. And they run on stage, and the opening number happens, and... (laughs) Yeah. Boom. Welcome to this show. Yeah, welcome to the follies. Yeah, and Mitch was like, wow, this is really good. This is the best Follies I've ever seen to us. <laughs> like, everybody's, like, standing ovation. Everybody's so yeah. into it. Yeah. It's genius. They do the show. Everything goes off awesome. Fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then the two Broadway producers just kind of disappear. And Get out of here. Casey's like, I heard them backstage. They said it was really good. And Dawson's like, listen, they're not really going to take the show to Broadway. It's fucking crazy. No. It's a fucking crazy thing that everybody thought was going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's dumb. It's a stu- it's a stupid thing everyone thinks. The next day they have it's like Christmas Eve and yeah. they have a barbecue. Like the mm-hmm. old like the, back in the days like, with the theories and the potters. Days. I said this time they invited everybody. Lindley's and Witters and McPhee's are there and Grams is there and Hell yeah. Everybody is having, you know, just a barbecue and then in the middle of the barbecue, everybody's just like telling Dawson how great he's he did and he did like a real the good, yeah, like, did a real good job kid uh, mitch gets a call and it's one of the broadway producers and they're like listen we love your show we just saw another show recently dawson and let me tell you artistically speaking you guys show was way better yes and dawson's like wait are you telling me you're gonna bring us to broadway and he's like mm, i didn't say that i said your show was better but listen this other show is in new jersey it's like the Christmas Hanukkah Quasar <laughs> extravaganza. And because yeah. it's in Jersey, we don't have to pay per diem for any of the actors. <laughs> Boom. And so it would be just so much cheaper to do. I think if you cross straight lines, you're paying me per diem, motherfucker. Oh, fuck yeah. Like, you're, you're, or you're putting me up in Hoboken, motherfucker. I like, don't I'm not, I'm know not crossing how that Broadway every day. unions work, but I feel yeah. like if I'm crossing state lines, you're paying me per diem. Oh, hell yeah. No, it seems like that would be like, like, like that would be the advantage if you were like a stage actor, but you like lived in Jersey. So he's like, hey, man, they pay me fucking per diem, and all I got to do is cross the bridge. Yeah, but anyways, he's yeah, like, that, I don't have to pay ridiculous. per diem, and we don't have to put the actors up in any accommodation so it's just so much cheaper to so we're bringing them to broadway so the show that muffy fucking muffy went off to do is now going to be on broadway the producer says we found out that she you know used to direct your guys's folly she's got the neck of a 30 year old and so we find out that her plastic surgery was on her neck and that pacey won 30 (laughs) dollars And that's how the book ends. <laughs> did you did you feel as I felt like right at the end? It's like you got to be shitting me. This book is crazy. <laughs> it's a crazy, crazy book. Like a crazy person wrote this book. <laughs> this is nuts. Like the ancillary connections it has to Dawson's Creek is, is like the only reason you would touch a book like this. It's ridiculous. Yeah, this is ridiculous. Maybe if you're a child, this is like fun. I mean, it is kind of fun to. See our characters in like such a wacky world. Yeah, but it's like it's like slash fic with no fucking. It's it like, is. It, it's it, just it, like <laughs> it is written very much like it feels very much like fanfic. Yeah, like bad, bad fanfic. Yeah, ba- <laughs> the only thing about like C.J. Anders' bio is like they're a really well known uh, YA writing couple. Where it's just like, man, 
someone pays these people to write shit. Yeah. Jesus. No, but it's like I had a thousand times more fun just like talking about how stupid it is than than like reading it. Yeah. But like, I mean, I think the good thing is that like it's like a very short read. It's oh yeah, 140 pages, but it's like huge like font. It's a big font, yeah, which is nice because you know we're getting old. (laughs) It's nice to have a larger font. Yeah, it's it's, it's like like a quick read. You read it an hour. The quickness of it, I appreciate more than like, like, what if you sat down with it and like you're 10 pages in and you're just like, man, this is going to be a fucking slog. Would you rather have read a kind of crappy book or like a sort of good Dawson's Creek book? I'd rather have read this because it was just fast. Yeah, this is fun. It's dumb, dumb, dumb fun. It does say Kevin Williamson is an author, but that's only because he's a show creator. He he did not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely did not write this. (laughs) No, fuck. Ah, To this day, I bet he doesn't know that that thing exists. Yeah, so um Yeah, for sure. I would not recommend people to read this book. No matter how fun we just made it sound, don't read this book until you read the eleven volumes before it. It's also like you have to buy it used. You have to find a copy. Yeah. It's not like readily available anymore. Yeah, and the cheapest one I saw was like thirteen dollars. Yeah, it's way too expensive. Yeah. It should be like a buck. This should be a book you find in like a the bargain bin. That's some dollar shit. Like I saw one, yeah, one out of like Hawthorne, California for like eight bucks. So I guess you could drive down and get it. But yeah, that was fun. We hope you guys enjoyed that. Just a short little bonus episode for everybody. Everybody, please stay safe. Stay warm. Have a good holidays. Have a good New Year's. 2021 is hopefully going to be much better. And fingers crossed, y'all. We are going to bring you even more Dawson's Creek episodes. And maybe we'll even read a couple more books. Fuck it, I don't give a shit. It, take, it takes an hour to do. Like, is our sort of second bonus episode. And you see you see where we're leaning. If anybody's got any requests, you know, let, let us know. Like, of, like, Dawson's Creek ancillary material. And, yeah, any uh, ancillary material for the Dawson's Creek world. Let us know. Yeah. That's a Capeside Christmas. I'm Brian. And I'm Chris. And we're the Dawson Dudes. Loving you, buddy. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs>